Welcome to the WWE Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining me here on this week in review. And tonight, so much to go over with WWE's Royal Rumble event just a mere two weeks away. We've got a lot to cover, including the Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley interaction, the craziness that is Naomi and Sonya Deville. Who could be that forbidden door entrant in the Royal Rumble? All of that and so much more with a co-host. Yes, a co-host, albeit in short form. That's going to come your way right after this. They say watching too much TV can rot your brain. And these guys are living proof. Join longtime friends and semi-professional film guys, Matt and Mark, on the Matt and Mark Movie Show, a very not-safe-for-work podcast that dives into the latest movies at your local multiplex and on streaming. They also talk TV, pop culture, and whatever else is on their depraved minds. The Matt and Mark Movie Show is available on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe today and give them a follow on Instagram at the Matt and Mark Movie Show. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients, and it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases, so you know they're not just creating these manufactured uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to vitaliboost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitaly Boost's health guide at vitalyboost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitaly Boost supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to vitalyboost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's vitaliboost.com, V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. Yeah, God, God. 
the one that everybody wants, me. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. This is my iron. You're going to acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast for this Sunday, January 16th, 2022. Everybody, hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe and healthy as this uh, pandemic continues on into infinity. However, it seems like we're maybe turning the bend if you look at the numbers. So... That's a good thing. Looking at the the positives here as we are in the dead of winter and it's only really uphill from here and uh, getting into the warmer weather after we get through January. So, guys, we're almost there, uh, especially if you live in the Northeast, although we are about to get a snowstorm. So, you know, those of you that are not in the upstate New York area or really anywhere you got you don't get snow, screw you. All right. I want to say that. <laughs> But of my heart. Uh, but anyway, let's let's get into some of the reasons you're here. Well, the biggest reason you're here is pro wrestling, specifically WWE. And I mentioned at the top of the show that we have a co-host here for the first time. And um, I have a long list of people I want to talk with from uh, the from Michael Gross to Ashley to Memphis Mark. There's so many. And what I've decided to do is and this is actually from Brad's expertise. And a suggestion is to have someone on as kind of a 30-minute spot, right? Instead of doing a two-and-a-half-hour extravaganza, which is fun, and I love them. It's not feasible with my living situation right now um, with kids and things. So I think 30 minutes is a much more doable space. And perhaps I start doing that and easing my way back into into co-hosting instead of just dropping a two and a half hour show with someone. As fun as those conversations are, it's just not possible right now. So it's either a little or none. So I'm bringing on Brad this week for the first time. I have a co-host briefly about 30 minutes or so. And you'll hear that at the end of the show, the second half of the show, because there are things that we did not get to discuss that I really want to share with you guys about SmackDown that are some are for the better. Some are, <laughs> yeah, for the worse. And is there a rant or two coming? Maybe, you know, maybe uh, for the ratings draw, I'll say there is. And you just have to wait and listen to the whole show to find out. Uh, so that said, uh, if you guys love us, please give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Spotify now allows for ratings. So I expect everyone right now, this second to go to Spotify and hit that five star. It's not an option. Okay, I'll, I'm, I'm right here. I will watch you. I'm, I can see your device. If you don't hit five stars, you're, 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 you, I'm going to shut your device off. Yeah, nothing like a co-host threatening the listeners. That's how you get them, Matt. That's how you get them. All right, well, thank you, everybody, again. You can go ad-free if you don't like these ads. I know there's a lot of them. You can get rid of all of them for a dollar. Go to Patreon and hit that place up because you not only get a dollar for hundreds of episodes ad-free, and every episode thereafter, but also a Discord server link that you can join wrestling fans on and a lot of other great stuff, uh, as well as on Apple Podcasts. If you've got the Apple Podcasts app and you just want to subscribe directly through there, we have an ad-free experience available for you there. So, everybody, thank you so much for listening, and let's just jump in. Let's jump in a little bit to things that that Brad and I did not discuss because we really discussed pretty in-depth the Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar conundrum mixed kind of a just foggy, murky storyline. And we also discussed the potential forbidden door entrant. We gave our predictions and this came up from Brad. Uh, this this originated with Brad. And I'm not I won't tell you who it is, but we came up with somebody who we believe 
could be that quote unquote forbidden door entrant at the Royal Rumble. And somebody that WWE hinted at themselves this past week on SmackDown. So there's your clue. But uh, listen to Brad and myself, uh, which I, again, in a few minutes, I'll be dropping that audio right here in, for you to listen to. But um, so w- what are some of the things we didn't talk about that I want to talk about separately? Well, Naomi, 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 Naomi. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have not been defending the storyline with Sonya Deville over the last several months. I'm not. And, and in fact, last week, I think I started to crack and say I'm done with it. You know, at least I'm approaching that. Well, now I am fully off. I am fully just now just pissed at this storyline. I, I am now just really um, not channel changing embarrassment or anything, just kind of sighing, rolling my eyes and saying, Can, why, why are we still doing this? It feels like this storyline has been on repeat. It's almost as if they, they just took one of the weeks of Sonya screwing Sonya, uh, uh, Sonya screwing with Naomi and just decided to replay it every week, not even reshoot or, or try to make it look different. Just the same thing every week. And I had defended this a while ago and for many weeks at that time, even months that this was good because it was heat building and Sonya was not being able to, she, she never got a finger laid on her and Naomi was just seething and all this stuff and how it was kind of old school heat and it made me feel good and it made me want to see Naomi beat the holy hell out of Sonya Deville. But there are now two things that have really drove this into the ground for me. Number one, the amount of time has that has passed. Many of you have given up on this months ago. I am as patient as I can be with things and, and storylines and I'm a big slow burn guy. But this is now exceed. I mean, we're like four or five months into this now. I mean, it was summertime when we were doing this with Sonya Deville and, and Naomi. Summertime. On top of the fact that it hasn't really gone anywhere. This this storyline hasn't gone anywhere. It's just the same thing over and over of Sonya Deville screwing with Naomi, screwing with her during her match, disrespecting her, you know, all these things. And that, that's all we've been getting. There's no progression on the storyline on the side of Naomi specifically. And that brings me to point number two. Naomi looks like a fool. Naomi looks like a total fool with no spine and no fire. And I don't want to hear her snap at her fingers and getting in the face of Sonya Deville is losing it or, or crossing the line. Where is Naomi snapping and, and assaulting Sonya Deville and getting a suspension, but then getting it lifted or whatever? I mean, WWE is all about lifting suspensions without without excuse, without reasoning. They're all about that. So why not just take a take a chance? And and furthermore, how is Sonya Deville able to get away with this power, abuse of power with nobody? Adam Pearce not saying anything. Chairman WWE Vince not saying anything. I mean, he's just kind of wandering around backstage, mumbling and grumbling to himself about Austin Theory. You'd think that he is available for Sonya Deville to go above the head of, or or, or, uh, for Naomi to go above the head of Sonya Deville and go to her boss. Has Naomi not even considered that? Has the, the character of Naomi not even considered that Sonya Deville also has a boss? And that... The powers that be are not only allowing this, 
But Naomi's not even willing to try to go to them to resolve this issue and say, hey, have you paid attention to the, this this uh, th- this person you've put in a place of authority, in a position of authority? Have you guys even decided to do an evaluation on her, right? I mean, there's so many things you could do, and it's making Naomi look ridiculously weak and no fire. And, you know, she's acting the same way every week, yet the same thing happens to her every week. So she's looking stupid. There's no elevation and anger from her it's all just now i know you keep screwing with me i don't know what your problem is with me why does she even care at this point what her problem is with her who care i don't care anymore about why sonia doesn't like naomi i don't care i don't care i just want to now just get to this match and have it be over with i hate that because i this was going somewhere good they just waited too long they're making the baby face look like an idiot because she has options available to her. Does anybody remember Sonya Deville slapping Naomi a few weeks ago and then saying that she couldn't hit her back because she's wearing a suit? Well, just because you're wearing a suit doesn't give you the authority to hit some, hit a subordinate just because. You know, Naomi looks like a total idiot. And does Naomi have a breaking point either? She's been the, the same level of angry for four months. You know, so... She says this week to Naomi says to Sonya Deville this week that I know you've been playing with me, but last week you've, you've, you've messed with you're messing. You've started to mess with my career. Well, what do you call the last four months? Screwing with her in matches, not giving her opportunities, excluding her from even wrestling on the show. That's not screwing with her career. That that's not messing with her career. So what what exactly was that then? Just quote unquote having fun. I mean, th- this whole thing now is just a mess, and it's strung out way too long. And and I know that I didn't expect to lead with this honestly because I know it's a sideshow to most people with this story. But I had a lot of faith in this, and I was defending it for for way longer than I probably should have because I like this kind of slow build, slow burn, the heel not getting. Any kind of comeuppance for months, that's that's really unheard of when it comes to WWE. And now, what do we see? We see Sonya Deville and Naomi doing the same thing week after week. And what's Adam Pierce's solution to all this? Oh, just give Charlotte uh, or give Naomi another opportunity next week against Charlotte for a contenders match. Again, whatever the hell that means. It, it, they can't just say number one contender. They got to say contender. Well, isn't everyone in the division a contender to some degree? You, you, you're a contender if you just exist in the women's division, period. So what exactly does this do for her career? I would assume it's number one contender, but maybe Vince one day decided that number one contender is now out, that's an outdated, antiquated phrase. You know, maybe that that's why they don't say it much anymore. I don't know. So I'd love to have someone explain what a contenders match is to me, but, um, Again, how is Adam Pierce his solution to this? Not putting them in a match with Sonya and Naomi, putting them in a match together to finally give Naomi what she wants and rightfully deserves, but to put her in the same exact position that allowed Sonya to take advantage of her the last time and abuse her power again? Because we all know what's happening next week. You can bet your ass the next week that Sonya Deville is going to come out there and, I don't know, be the guest timekeeper, be the ring announcer, be uh, the special enforcer, be the special referee. You know, you know damn well this is nothing more 
then another infinite opportunity for Sonya to screw with Naomi. And Naomi is going to threaten to hit her and threaten this and threaten that and then not do anything. You know, um, and furthermore, Sonya's whole thing, her whole shield, her whole veil of armor has been that you can't touch me because when I'm in a suit, I'm your boss. When I have this jacket on, I'm your boss. So what does Naomi do? She messes with the heat. Now, why she decides to put the heat down because Adam Cole or Adam Pierce and Adam Cole, Adam Pierce and Sonya were complaining how cold it was. And then suddenly it gets really hot. Whoa. The, 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 the little detail there doesn't make sense. Like you don't turn it down to just turn it back up, but whatever. So the, the whole premise though, was that Naomi was making it hot in their room so that, that uh, Sonya would take off her jacket, presumably. Now, how that happens and why the thermostat, how she was able to manipulate the thermostat. I, I mean, all, all that does, you know, again, we're getting way too into the weeds here. Things that people, most people don't care about. But then Sonya takes off her jacket. Her armor's down. Her shield is down. And what does Naomi do? She she waits for the moment for her to take off her jacket because that's exactly what Sonya said is I'm your boss when I put this on. So she takes it off. Naomi comes in. I'm like, finally, we're going to get an assault from Naomi. She finally snaps on Sonya. Nope. Nope, she just comes in with more words, more threatening words. Oh, no. This is pathetic. Naomi looks like a total dunce. A clown show is what she looks like. A total clown. And I'm like, so wait a minute. You you, you did all that. For all this anger that you have built up, you have four or five months or more of anger with Naomi and, and Sonia. And all you do is come in with more words when you have an opportunity right in front of you? Grow a set. What the hell is wrong with you? Take the shot. You're covered because she said it herself. I'm your boss only when I have the jacket on. You don't need to have her jacket off to go talk to her and then get an opportunity that's going to just present itself next week the way it presented itself last week of you getting screwed by Sonia. This is so ridiculous. So ridiculous. And I know I've spent like 15 minutes talking about this now, but I felt so passionately about that because I'm so angry at the storyline going off the rails like this. It was such an easy to understand story. The heat was building and building and building. Sonya wasn't even getting a finger laid on her for months. And they do this crap for now a couple of weeks. And so and really the idiot is Naomi. The, the fool is Naomi and it shouldn't be. She's the baby face. All right, I'm going to get off this topic, guys. I, I really am because um, I'm going to move on to another topic and I'm going to cool down. We're going to take a break. And then on the other side, we're going to talk about something more positive. I promise. I promise. Pinky promise. So stay right here. They say watching too much TV can rot your brain. And these guys are living proof. Join longtime friends and semi-professional film guys, Matt and Mark, on the Matt and Mark movie show a very not-safe-for-work podcast that dives into the latest movies at your local multiplex and on streaming. They also talk TV, pop culture, and whatever else is on their depraved minds. The Matt and Mark Movie Show is available on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe today and give them a follow on Instagram at the Matt and Mark Movie Show. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. 
There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitaly Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitalyboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured, uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So... Check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitalyBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitaly Boost's health guide at VitalyBoost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitaly Boost's supplements all of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to vitalyboost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's vitalyboost.com, V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Okay, let's uh, let's dive into something else. Let's dive into another topic that won't make me come close to having an aneurysm. And a match that I enjoyed on SmackDown was Sheamus versus Ricochet. And I, that is a match that it's easy to understand. Rich Holland had his nose broken by Ricochet accidentally. And then now they're turning it into a story. They're owning it. Fine. Cool. Now Sheamus is trying to seek revenge on behalf of his protege. And he succeeds after he kicks Ricochet right in the face. And uh, was, I mean, there was a flip that he did that he was in the middle of. And uh, it met with a bro kick, bro kick. And we got a, a one, two, three victory for Sheamus. So, this was good. Um, I, I don't know exactly how this was getting revenge, except this was just kind of a normal victory. I mean, how how would the match have been different if this was a cold match? Like, if there was nothing going on between these two, no prior story. What exactly is the difference between a normal match of Sheamus just doing a single bro kick to end the match 
and this personal rivalry that uh, is going on with Sheamus and Ricochet. I, I don't know, but the match was still good. The match was still good, and it, it continues to elevate Sheamus, who I think is in the running in 2022 for a Universal Championship match. Not saying he's going to win it, but I think in 2022, whenever Roman, Roman Reigns is defeated, we will see a World Championship match for Sheamus. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got, okay, Aaliyah versus Natalia. Natalia flaunting her world record uh, holding accolades by telling us that she has won the most matches. She's been here the longest, and she holds the um, the, the fastest victory. And so, interestingly, there is no correlation made between being there the longest and the matches, number of matches that you've been involved in and or won. I mean, it's logical that if you're there longer, you're eventually going to stumble into a few more wins. I mean, Natalia has been there since about 1983, it feels like. So Natalia, I mean, while she is not the most decorated star by any stretch of the imagination, you have to give her respect for longevity. That's really where the respect for her ends, though, right? Because Natalia as a character is boring. Um, there's not much to her. We knew at one point she liked to wear cat crowns. She she likes cats. She likes lip filler. Uh, and that's it. I mean, she's good in the ring. She's a veteran. Her uncle's Bret Hart. And that's pretty much it. She's fundamentally sound in the ring. And that's it. <laughs> and you've been here a long time. And that's that's it. That's it for Natalia. Sorry. And then we get Aaliyah coming on the mic. And she spews the corporately required first promo about when you, you when you when someone asks you about being here and are you excited, you must answer by talking about how it was your dream to be here, how when you were a little girl or a little boy, you had dreams to be here. It is just, it is a mandate of your contract. It's compelled speech is what it is. I can't stand this crap. How many times have we heard this from new stars? Why am I supposed to bow to the altar of WWE, right? Like, I guess that's the, that's the purpose of this. That's the purpose, and I know it's a small thing, but how many times has this been replicated, especially by new stars that come in, whether they're from NXT or otherwise? How many times have we heard this, that this is their dream to be here? It's all to put over the company at the expense of the star. And yes, it's at the expense of the star, because as viewers, you don't really care necessarily about the organization. You care about investing in the stars. That's where your emotional investment attachment comes. Your emotional investment doesn't come to the company. It comes to those stars that are a part of that company. Yet WWE sees it as these stars represent us. Therefore, if they put us over, we all win. Well, no, you don't all win. Because by everybody bowing to, oh, it's my dream to be here. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm just happy to be here. All shucks, isn't this great? You just shoot the character dead before it has a chance to get started because it shows a lack of confidence. 
if you get to this level and you are a world-class athlete, period, you should have more confidence than coming in smiling, shaking, and saying you're just happy to be here and, oh, my God, I'm living my dream. It's To me, it's a very narcissistic view the company has by the stars putting them over instead of realizing that if the stars themselves get over, the company gets over too. But in this scenario, WWE wants to transparently have the star put over the company instead of just having it be a side effect of their success. It is, to me, just one of those... Add it to the list of people not looking at each other when they talk, like Big E basically talking to people with his back so his the hard cam faces him all the time. Um, you know, everybody has to be on their cell phone whenever they transition to somebody, especially general managers, even Vince McMahon. They always have to be on their cell phone. There are cameras where there shouldn't be cameras. I mean, just add this to the list of things that erode at the goodwill of fans that just erode at the enjoyability of the product. Just again, I don't hate WWE. I really don't. And I think in general, they put out a decent product most of the time. I do, but it's these things that eat away at me after watching wrestling for so long. And again, some of you have been watching much longer than I have. I've been watching 27 years now. No, 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 no. God, 25 years. 25 years, so a quarter of a century. So some of you have been watching much longer, but okay. Uh, Aaliyah does end up beating Natalia, though, in record time, flipping the narrative that Natalia was going to put on Aaliyah by Aaliyah doing the same thing to Natalia, except grabbing the the world record of 3.17 seconds for the women's division of the fastest victory with a schoolboy pin. Got to have the roll up. So boy, they shot two things with one stone, didn't they? Right there, get the roll up and get the victory. You, you get the you get the roll up victory, as well as trying to get Aaliyah over again. I guess that's their win win. Sami Zayn debuted in In Zayn, not insane, but In Zayn. So kind of a fun play on words there. And we got this stunt that he was going to try to do with the shopping cart. That look, there was a part of me that believed he was going to try this because there were pads and he was he had you know. Uh, a crash pad at the end of the ring, but there was no way he would have actually made that. I would, I would have loved to have seen him actually do a test run of that and try it for real. It was annoying that he never actually did it. And the crowd was really pissed at that. And I get it too. Cause I would have liked to have seen it. I did. I would have, I guess that's the enjoyment of jackass. That's the whole appeal of jackass is to, to watch others inflict pain upon themselves when you can just sit in your comfy couch or chair and not have to endure that pain. Um, but that said, Sammy didn't do this, gets in the ring, starts complaining, and Rick Boog shows up with a new haircut, which I like. And behind him is Shinsuke, who gives him Kinshasa, and they both celebrate and end that segment. So, and then, oh, and then we get um, Rick Boog's military pressing Sammy Zayn onto the crash pads that were initially set up for the shopping cart stunt. So. I, I think there's it's all but a foregone conclusion. Sami Zayn wins the Intercontinental, Intercontinental Championship at Rumble. I, I, I really believe that. The Viking Raiders, the, uh, the Viking Raiders defeated Los Lotharios, Ninder Mahal, and Shanky, Cesaro, and Mansoor after a fatal four way for the inner for the tag team championship. Number one contendership for the tag team championship was in place here. 
So the Viking Raiders are your new number one contenders for the SmackDown Tag Team titles of the Usos. The Usos opened the show in a weird way. Essentially, it's almost like they took someone else's script and they just read it because they didn't know what else to do to open the show. And it, it's weird when they mention like the nicknames or nuances of each team. Like it's almost like they're reading a marquee, like a, a program that you get at the event, right? You go to a fight, MMA, boxing, and you get the rundown of that individual, like what their accomplishments are and things. It's almost like they were reading a program that was pre-written for this particular matchup. I didn't like the way it was delivered. I know they tried to do it in a funny way by talking normal, <clears throat> which was also weird. Knowing that they can speak normal instead of in the Uso voice is refreshing. So I have to say that. Well, I didn't like the content of what they said. Hearing them speak normal was nice. Or I guess to them, maybe that's not how they normally speak. So to them, that was like an accent. I don't know. But um, Viking Raiders did get the win here. I don't know if anyone really cares because I don't think they're going to win. But they have to essentially make up tag teams at this point. Because you had the Viking Raiders, who are a legitimate tag team. You have Los Lotharios, who are a legitimate tag team, and Angel Garza and Umberto. You have General Hall and Shanky, who are kind of fine. They've been together for a while. They're established-ish. Nobody knows where Veer is, though. Veer is maybe... I, I don't know. I still think he's in the woods with Elias somewhere. Sitting around a campfire, burning their old identities. And then you have Cesaro randomly teaming with Mansoor. Just to have another tag team because reasons. That's the reason. <laughs> Is reasons. Whatever. They, they want to create this new tag team. I, I don't hate it. I'm not going to rant about it. I know some people really dislike this matchup. I, I or This pairing. I don't mind Cesaro and Mansoor together. I don't mind Cesaro back in the tag team because they certainly haven't shown what they could do with him in a singles role outside of the crescendo of his career that may end up being the case of facing Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship a number of months ago. When we look back, that may be the closest he ever gets, sadly. But if, you, if they want to put him in tag team and then make him tag team champions eventually with Mansoor, fine. They're both excellent wrestlers. No problem. I mean, really, I'm not being, I'm not being sarcastic. Mad Cat Moss defeated Kofi Kingston after landing punchline, which is the finish. Uh, prior to the match, Kofi delivered good news and bad news. The bad news is King Woods has suffered a calf injury and will not be able to compete in this year's Royal Rumble. The good news is Kofi can, uh, Sir Kofi can compete. This led to an interruption by Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss, which led to the match. And Mad Cat Moss defeated Kofi Kingston, which made me happy. And you know it. So I clapped my hands. But we got the bad news, which to me is really the inverse, which is great news. I don't have to see uh, King Woods on my screen. He misses the Rumble, so there's no chance of him winning the Rumble. The, the bad news is, though, Kofi Kingston will represent him. And if, you know, I, I want to I erase the word baby from Kofi Kingston's language vocabulary. I, I just want to erase it. It's not funny. It's not catchy. There's nothing. It's, it's obnoxious. It's childish. Pick your, pick, your, pick your adjective. Everything about Kofi is insufferable. And I, I really, I, I can't say anything. I mean, seriously, if Kingston and Woods disappeared from my TV for the rest of my life, I'd feel zero. <laughs> I'd feel absolutely nothing. Um, but 
avoiding a New Day rant here, that is, to me, the great news is King Woods is not a part of it, and Kofi Kingston lost this week. That's like a double whammy great news week for me. So uh, even if it's to Madcap Moss, don't care. I, I don't care. No, I, I really don't. I don't care if the zombies came back, uh, the ones that ate Miz over the summer, and they decided to come back and just eat Kofi Kingston. Fine. I wouldn't care if they did a Kofi or they did a um a Katie Vick angle. They like resurrected the Katie Vick angle, no pun intended, to to just take away Kofi and Woods. Like fine. <laughs> That's how much I want them off my screen. Just gone. Ah, uh, um, oh boy. So here's something I didn't see. And this is on CBS Sports because they tagged this tweet that um that WWE has on their or feed and Aaliyah ends up here. I know you, you guys can't hear this, but they caught up with Aaliyah after winning in 3.17 seconds. And let's, let's, uh, I'm listening to what Aaliyah said here again. I know you guys can't hear it, but I can. And somebody asks her, they say one of the officials, I don't know, producers asks her, you know, you just won. You, you just are, uh, broke the record for the women's fastest, whenever right and they say what do you think about that and she's all she says is what a time to be alive and then she like runs off screen i'm not kidding and i tried to find this on wwe's normal feed this was just in the website it was embedded in cbs sports's website but when i go to wwe's feed it's not there so i wonder if they looked at and they said yeah this is embarrassing let's take this off what a time to be alive what if you can dig it up, guys, try to dig it up. It, it, it was posted at 10.51 p.m. on January 14th. By uh, just, what, what the hell? Did they? Yeah, okay. If Aaliyah's going to be like this, like I'm going to boo her. She will immediately turn. She'll, she'll be a heel whether WWE wants her to be or not. I can guarantee you of that. All right, other big news as we covered on the Monday Night Raw review already. RK Bro loses their championships. What does that mean? And WWE is also touting what's next for RK Bro on Raw. So that'll be interesting. I think it is the beginning of the end. They'll pretend to be okay. And I believe Riddle will turn on Randy in St. Louis, Randy Orton's hometown at the Royal Rumble. They'll get their tag team rematch, title rematch, but lose at the Rumble. And then Riddle will turn on Randy. That's my assumption leading all the way to WrestleMania with their program, which will be fun. Seeing Riddle be a serious kind of D-bag will be fun if he if they go that road. They could not. They could turn on Randy. But turning Randy in, in your hometown is not going to get you booed, so I just don't see where that happens. Um, that's if the turn happens at Rumble. I'm, you know, so um, what else happened? We got Dewdrop becoming the new Raw Women's Championship number one contender. Uh, that was a big thing. We also got Brock Lesnar making jokes at Bobby Lashley's expense and pretending to not know who he is, which I don't think was very endearing to Brock Lesnar. If you're a babyface fan of Lesnar's, we also um, had again, um, and I'm going to give you the clip in a minute with Brad and myself going over that in depth. We went over that pretty uh, for, for almost <laughs> half the segment. We talked about Brock Lesnar, Seth and that whole thing. Um, but it, it, overall guys, raw was uh, it was eventful. Oh, Nikki A.S.H. turned heel. One of the best things that's ever happened really in the women's division in quite some time is Nikki A.S.H. turning heel. Edge and Beth Phoenix, where Maurice walked out. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Seth Rollins defeats Big E via pinfall after uh, the stomp. So Seth winning clean tells you that they're trying to make him look as strong as possible. So 
Overall, guys, uh, eventful an eventful week, and I expect nothing less this week. No slowdown as we are now full blast into the WrestleMania season, Royal Rumble season, the season we all wait for. So thank you, guys. Um, I'm going to now toss it to the conversation that I had with Brad. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back on... Well, I'll have a nostalgia show tomorrow that's a kind of a reboot of nostalgia. And then Tuesday, I'll be back with a fresh new show for Monday Night Raw. And Wednesday is the mailbag uh, that seems to be going two, two and a half and, and longer hours now. So thank you guys for that. Um, and if there are any, if there's anybody out there that would like to cover the news, I know that we've had a kind of a rotating door. We're all busy. I can't cover the news. Amanda, who's done an excellent job in the past, she's got her hands full in life. And um, so if there's anybody out there that would like to cover the news and do it on a weekly basis and whenever there is big news, it would be like a 15-minute show. Uh, let me know. Email me, realwwpodcast at gmail.com. Put news brief position in the subject so I know that it's about the news brief uh, position that's open. Uh, again, 15 minutes. If you have a high quality mic, that's great. I uh, would not like to use the embedded speakers on a laptop. Those are usually pretty bad. Um, but 15 minutes a week and whenever there's big news coming out. So, all right, everybody. Thanks as always. Give us a, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It does help us. Consider going ad-free. And here we go with Brad. All right, guys, welcome to the WWE Podcast, and it is the Week in Review. And for the first time in what seems like many, many months, although maybe it's been probably a couple of months at least, um, I have a co-host on with me, but this is going to be more of a easing back into it. This will probably be about a 30-minute conversation, give or take. And I'm starting off with Brad, one of our very loyal listeners on Patreon. I've connected with him a couple of times and uh, somewhat local to me. We're in the same state, which is cool. And uh, Brad, how's everything? How you? How are you uh, weathering the storm, so to speak? Yeah, an actual storm. It's Sunday yep. night when we're recording this, and we have an actual legitimate snowstorm here so i know a lot of the east coast has it so it's great to be on though matt thanks for having me yeah definitely and um yeah we have a pending snowstorm as well and it's been a quiet winter so here we go and speaking of things that are heating up i guess pro wrestling right now is uh only got a couple weeks until the premier live event no longer known as the pay-per-view uh the premier live event of royal rumble that's going to be taking place on saturday january 29th and um boy wwe has certainly given us a lot to talk about. But before we start talking about the current product, I know you shared with us some things on SmackDown from two weeks ago that you attended in person. You shared the Becky Lynch story, which was really cool, seeing her in a store with her child strapped to her and not approaching her out of what seemed like respect is how I interpreted it from your voicemail. Um, and you shared some other stories about uh, Seth Rollins coming out afterwards that was not shown on TV. So I didn't know if you had anything else to add to those things or, you know, a kind of a, a nugget here or there from being in attendance. No, first and foremost, it was a really cool event. And, you know, when Roman Reigns came out and he said, New England, acknowledge me, even though it was in Connecticut, it really was kind of New England because at the end of the day, that's a place, it's a casino and no one lives there, you know? So you're not really insulting the town of Uncasville, Connecticut, which is literally on an Indian reservation in um, like Western Connecticut, basically central Western Connecticut. So, you know, um, 
it was really a, a hodgepodge of people from New York, Boston, Connecticut, uh, Rhode Island, you know, all over the place. And it was a really cool event. I mean, the amount of Roman Reigns gear, Matt, was shocking. I mean, you you had to have at least two out of every three people in that arena with Roman Reigns gear. Acknowledge Me shirts, um, Head of the Table shirts, the Bloodline shirts. Um, it was just incredible. And when he came, you know, I know that WWE does pump in some of the, um, you know, the, the, the booze um, to make him seem like a heel or whatever the case is, but the cheers were just deafening, deafening for him. So if you had not seen this character before, if you didn't know what they were trying to to make us feel or think, would you have thought this guy was a babyface based on the reaction? Like if you were just sitting there, you knew nothing. You would have said this guy's the the uh, like the number one babyface in the company. Yeah, if I didn't know, I wouldn't think he was just because he comes out with the snarl and the mean look, you know, and everything like that, which is the best part of his character in a certain way, that toughness, but I wouldn't, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to think almost because everyone's cheering for this guy. And the amazing thing is like how everyone stands up at attention when he comes in. You see that all, mm -hmm. all of you see that on TV, but just in the audience, how there's not a seat, a button seats in the entire place. I mean, everyone is standing. Everyone has their phone out. Everyone's recording it. It's, it's like seeing the biggest superstar you've ever seen. In a certain way, even bigger than an NBA game or an NFL game or a baseball game, because you know your your your, your quarterback comes out on the field, all right, you know. But to this, it's all about him, and it's a one-person show, and that makes it really special. Yeah, no doubt, the guy is. He has literally carried not just SmackDown, but the entire WWE on his back for over a year and a half now and has done an amazing job, a legendary run. This will go down maybe as one of the best runs in the last 10 to 15 years and continues. We're still on it, so we'll see how long it goes and where it's going to take us. But um, transitioning a little bit back to now, do you feel that WWE is trying to make Roman Reigns a babyface. They they seem to maybe start starting to warm up to it, testing it out. Where do you think they have Roman Reigns right now? I that's what I think. I mean, and I said that when I called in to your call-in show um, to the to the mailbag. I I just think that right now the plan for him is to to make him just someone who's almost not even. Um, not a baby face, not a villain, but just someone who's the best, just someone who is universally respected for his greatness. And you could see that in the Paul Heyman segment a little bit. And I did mention this when I called in, but seeing how he said, yeah, don't talk to him like that. You know, don't be mean to him, that sort of thing. And even though two weeks before that, he was trying to smash his head in with a chair. That's irrelevant. Now. Um, the funny thing is just seeing, the respect or the amazing thing really is seeing the respect. And I, I think he's at that level where he doesn't even need to be either. He's just him. And he's like gone past all that. I don't, I don't know if there's been other characters, Matt, who have kind of fit that mold um, because I'm a relatively new wrestling fan. I mean, I started watching it like maybe June of 2021 after watching it all growing up as a kid. And I have no idea what happened in the 90s, in the 2000s, even in the 2010s. I, I mean, I've, I've gone back on the history, but I don't, you know, I wasn't in the mix with that stuff. So he was the first one that captivated me when I randomly turned it on with my kids one night. And uh, here we are. And I, I don't miss a thing now. 
That's so crazy. I, I had forgotten that you told me that and that you had really just started picking back up after the 90s. So you missed you missed two really good eras, I got to say, especially the ruthless aggression era that immediately followed the attitude era. There's some really, really good moments. And anytime you get an opportunity, check out like the ruthless aggression, recap things that WWE does with their uh, network. It's it's really worth your time. Um, but that said, you know, right now, looking at the product, looking at Roman Reigns specifically, looking at this past week's SmackDown, you have Roman Reigns and you have Seth Rollins face to face. That was the quote unquote main event this week. And Seth, I think, played the heel role more than Roman did, even though Roman had his goons of the Usos come out and try to attack Seth, who escaped. But we had Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns trading jabs back and forth. And it looks like this is going to be one on one. And it's it, first of all, I can't remember the last time that Roman Reigns had a, a heel versus heel main event for a pay-per-view. So I, I do you think that it's possible Seth Rollins at the Royal Rumble in a couple of weeks actually does uh, take that championship from him? Does he finally end? Does WWE finally end this run that Roman Reigns has been on, or do they continue it somehow and have Roman go to WrestleMania with the championship? You know, I hope that they continue it, but I really think they're not going to, and here's why. You saw a lot of emphasis, and yes, they do this every SmackDown, but you saw a lot of emphasis this time on he's at 502 days and only two more days to beat Brock Lesnar's record, or whatever it was, one day or three days. I, I forgot what they were saying, but You know, he's broken that record, and there's a lot of emphasis in WWE on not who holds the championship the longest, but who has the most championships. And, you know, John Cena, 16 championships, you hear that all the time. You know, you hear just them talking constantly about who has the most titles, a three-time this, an eight-time that. So I can see for Roman's legacy, I can see them having him lose it and then maybe beat Brock for the WWE championship and having those belts switch brands somehow. Um, Because I I think he's done all he can do with the universal title in a certain way. It looks great on him. That blue belt is amazing. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun to see him have it and lift it up. And the whole thing, when he comes in the ring, I love that ring entrance. Personally, I could watch it the whole thing and and never get bored of it, but it's, um, to me, it's going to happen. I, I think Seth is going to win it. I, I know a lot of people in your audience think he's going to win it, and there's some that hope he doesn't, you know. But it's, uh, to me, something that's that's probably going to happen. And I can see that being a match where potentially Lesnar interferes somehow and, and messes him up. I could see even in the next few Raws, I can see some sort of alliance or or weird, I don't know if we're friends or not type of thing between Lesnar and Rollins happening where they kind of start getting in each other's circle and therefore Lesnar somehow gets involved in that match in some way, shape or form at the Royal Rumble and allows Seth to win it. Who knows? This is such, I have never gone into WrestleMania season with the Royal Rumble at, at hand here in my all the years I've been watching in and looked at it and said, man, there are so many possibilities, so many scenarios that you could you could go down one rabbit hole, just one of the hundred and get lost for an entire episode in one scenario. There are so many and particularly because WWE violates their draft rules that nobody can come over from the other brand. 
and they're just doing it not even they're in, to me it's insulting that they're not even explaining why people can come over with no explanation that I, I do not like that at all they at least could come up with something it's lazy and it's insulting is the way I take it from creative invents but now that they've opened that door and they've told us okay anybody can really come over at any time with no explanation and that to me makes it infinitely more possible of what could happen and I think you're right, though, as far as uh, Roman and, and or Brock interfering in one another's matches at the Rumble in two weeks. Now, does one of them cost the other one? I think so. I, I just don't know who's going to be doing the, the one that's screwing the other. I had actually say it's the opposite with Roman Reigns playing the heel right now. I know that we've just discussed he's he could easily turn babyface, but assuming they keep him in the heel role... To me, it would make sense that Roman screws Brock out of the championship, and then Brock comes to SmackDown and raises hell after Roman Reigns retains, and then we just get the traditional Brock versus Roman at WrestleMania, maybe with a Drew McIntyre thrown in there as well. That, that that's yeah, but, that's one possibility. Yeah, but Matt, I don't really see it like like you do as much, and and you've talked about this a lot. I don't see Brock as a babyface at all. I, I don't I don't see anything that he's done to make him a nice guy or, you know, helping another person. I mean, look at what a jerk he was to Lashley. And if you look at that interaction on Monday Night Raw with Lashley and, um, and Brock, you know, who was, who was the heel there? There's no, you know, Lashley's saying what an honor it is to be in the ring with you. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously all that stuff. And, and, and Brock's being the biggest jerk you could ever imagine. So there is no, to me, Brock is not a, a baby face at all. And then the, the other thing that you had just mentioned that just sparked my memory of, of something I wanted to say was with Beck, um, I'm sorry, with Roman bringing up Becky um, to Seth Rollins, that you're not even the biggest superstar oh, in yeah. your own house. <laughs> yeah. To me, I could see even them going down a scenario of Becky getting, Becky interfering and hitting Roman in the back of the knee with something and Seth pinning him for the championship. I mean, th- there's so many angles that they can take this. You're right. It, it, it's, you know, you have a Paul Heyman angle, you have a Brock Lesnar angle, you have, you know, the, the Usos. Angle. I mean, there's so many different things. And you have now the Becky angle, because what I've noticed is, and you know, I know you know this, they don't say things in the WWE without kind of being able to somehow incorporate it. You know, like Sami Zayn comes out the other night for his stunt show, and before he's saying, that's my intercontinental championship. The segment has nothing to do after that with Shinsuke or anything. And who ends up in the ring? Boogs and Shinsuke. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so a lot of times they say things just to kind of get it in your head, and then, boom, it happens later. So maybe that whole Becky line was a plant for something to happen with Becky, who has been a great heel. You know, she's really become a, a total jerk. Yeah, and, and, I'll, and I'll go there in a second, too, now that you mentioned it, but I'll, I will, I'll close on this with the Brock Lesnar scenario, as there are a hundred different things that can happen, honestly. Um, but you, you, Brock Lesnar did play the heel Monday night, but yet got a babyface reaction. And I think it's because people are looking at this and saying, yeah, well, that's just Brock, and, and that's just who he is. A lot of times, Stone Cold Steve Austin would be a total you know, D-bag to somebody and people loved it, even though he was the bully of the situation. It's just, a, it, it just depends on how they're framing it. And with Brock Lesnar also kind of having this change of character from what we've seen in his 20-year career, this is the first time we've ever seen him smile, the first time we've ever seen him wear, like, flannel to the ring, essentially just looking like he walked off his farm onto a plane and into the arena. We feel like we're getting a more authentic Brock Lesnar. 
I think that is a big deal or a big reason why people have kind of gravitated towards this Brock Lesnar character, even though I know and I totally understand that he's being the heel and saying, I don't even know who you are. Like Lashley, I don't even know who you are, which is a bunch of nonsense, even in a character perspective, that you don't know who Bobby Lashley is. You guys were both decorated MMA fighters. Yes, he was in in um, UFC, but he was in Bellator, uh, among others. Strike Force, I think, too. And so you you can't tell me you don't know who Bobby Lashley is. But if that's just Brock and his character uh, being Brock Lesnar trying to be funny, then I don't think it came off funny. It did come off very heelish. And the crowd didn't – I don't think the crowd really know what to do with that. I think the crowd was hoping for those two knowing who each other are, they should, and wanting to just go at each other's throats and saying, well, I've waited a long time, all blah, blah, blah. And and Lashley did, being very respectful while Brock didn't. So I, I totally understand the heel and uh, babyface dynamic that's just a, kind of messy with Brock Lesnar right now. But uh, to me, I think that right now it's going to be uh, probably – probably Brock and Romans in some in some uh, iteration in a WrestleMania main event. That's ultimately what I think. I just don't know don't know if there's going to be a third person in there. So like who do you think ultimately bottom line and then we'll move on to Becky and the the women's situation. Who do you think is going to be in the main event of WrestleMania? Do you think Roman is going to be there? I, I mean not necessarily as champion, maybe he drops the belt, but who are the who are the people? Who are the people at least in the main event of WrestleMania? I think it's just Brock versus Roman. And the reason why is if you throw in a Drew McIntyre or something like that, it, it, it I don't want to say it lessens it because Drew's an incredible performer, but it lessens it. Like I have a neighbor um, across the street who's just getting back into WWE um, and he is absolutely captivated by this Brock Roman thing. And he's, you know, he's someone like me that used to watch it when he was a kid, doesn't anymore. And now, kind of got back into it because of this particular feud. I just think it's got to be both of them. Like that's what everyone wants to see. And the crown jewel match, it was, it was good, but it was tainted. It was, you know, they, they had the whole thing with the belt in the middle and Paul Heyman, not knowing what to do. They took that up three or four levels from that point. They have taken this to a, a point that you just have to see that match. And just those two, and look, if something crazy happens with Paul Heyman, great. If something crazy happens with the Usos coming in, great. If I, I don't know, but it has to be that. It has to be. Yeah, it ha- you would think so, even though we've seen it. This would be, what, the third time they've met at WrestleMania in a main event. Um, I think it was WrestleMania 31, then 30, 34, and then, again, in uh, this will be third WrestleMania 38. So it, it's been... Um, it's been a, a lot of times we've seen these two individuals fight, and yes, they're at different characters and different points in their career, and maybe it's for the last time. But I, I would agree that it's probably one-on-one based on what I'm seeing. But all right, let's let's uh, let's get into the women's division as we are both uh, short on time here. The women's division, Becky Lynch, you mentioned that she has been doing a stellar job as a heel, and we now know that Dewdrop, of all people, is her opponent, which oh, I'm cool with. It's t- it's a different opponent. It's it's going to be a different match dynamically, and it's not going to be your typical, you know, uh, athletic match given Dewdrop's uh, size. Just it's just a fact, but I think she she's an asset to the women's division, no question. So, what do you think about Dewdrop, who's also a heel, versus Becky Lynch, who's a heel? Again, a lot of heel on heel matches happening at Survivor or uh, Survivor Series Royal Rumble. So, what's your take on the women's division specifically, Becky Lynch, and what she's got going on? Dewdrop just reminds me of like a female Otis. And, I, I, you know, what happened with Otis and um, 
and and uh, Gable winning the championship, Alpha Academy, from RK Bro, lets me know that I have absolutely no idea, and none of us have absolutely no idea what's going to happen because no one would have predicted that that tag team that's gotten very little airtime. I mean, the last few weeks they've gotten some airtime, but before that they were just an afterthought. They were like a throwaway team that you just beat, and it was a feel-good night for the street profits or whoever, you know, <laughs> that they just beat them. But like the fact that they're now the champions makes me think that anything could happen. And I could see Becky losing it. Why not? You know what I mean? I could see Becky losing it. And then they have someone new to gun for, and Becky's got something new and fresh to gun for. I mean, has Becky lost ever? Like, like in the last, like since she came, since, uh, you know, Matt. In the last three, four years, has she lost? I mean, I, no. I haven't. I haven't been watching that long. But how, when's the last time she so, actually lost? Uh, I, I, I was actually trying to to figure that out, and and she has claimed that she has not lost since WrestleMania 35. Now, granted, she took a year and a half off during that three year period in which she uh, was having a child. So there, you got to kind of subtract a year and a half from this. But WrestleMania 35 is when she beat. Charlotte and Ronda Rousey in the main event of WrestleMania to become Raw Women's Champion. Uh, one of the best storylines that WWE's had in, in quite a long time with Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, especially on the women's side. And then since that time, uh, she left WWE in uh, 2020, May of 2020, to go have a child and relinquished her championship to Asuka. And then from there until she returned at SummerSlam in 2021, that's the last time we saw her. So technically she's undefeated since WrestleMania 35, at least when the championship's on the line. I could also see Becky going over to SmackDown along with Seth if Seth wins the Universal. Only because I think it would be unlikely if Brock retains and Seth wins for them to have that whole Friday night SmackDown show with no championship on it. Mm-hmm. with no Universal Champion and no WWE Champion. So I really can see Becky losing and then coming over and then starting a the whole thing with Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks, which would be really good. Um, that would be really good because obviously she's going to go where her husband, her husband goes, right? Just like I saw her in Mohegan Sun during the day before SmackDown and saying, why the hell is she here? And then turns out that Seth Rollins makes this surprise appearance. Um, I don't know. She could lose. I mean, she could lose to this dewdrop. And then, you know, you have the whole Bianca dewdrop feud that had happened. Maybe that's an avenue for Bianca to start feuding again with dewdrop. And it kind of makes sense because they have this thing going. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of possibilities and ways they could take it. But I don't even know if Becky's going to be on SmackDown that much longer, honestly. Yeah, it's a, it's it's certainly uh, a on, on Raw. I'm sorry. On Raw, on Raw. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you yeah. meant. And and she she may not be. It's um. Yeah, I hope at least again. I'm I'm all about congruency and just give me an explanation. I hope they tell us. Okay, there's been a massive trade. Fine, cool. You know, there there should be. Or there's been a major acquisition. SmackDown has a you know a major acquisition. There's been a loophole in the Raw contract with Becky Lynch. Give me some kind of nonsense legalese that anybody would just go. Eh, okay, fine, that works. You know, and and I hope they do that. And you could be right. She could make her way over to SmackDown if Seth becomes maybe he becomes Universal Champion and. Beats Roman Reigns. It's possible. I know that WWE has made their best effort to keep these two on the same show out of respect. And, uh, you know, they're married. They have a child. They'd like to keep them on the same show. 
And so I think wherever one goes, the other will follow. So um, you, you could absolutely be right. And, and I don't know, though, to me, Becky Lynch, while Dewdrop is a formidable opponent, you know, Becky Lynch can claim this quote unquote three year undefeated streak. But I mean, of course, there's there's a lot of fine print in that. However, you know, you look at Dewdrop and you go, OK, formidable opponent. Her size, I think, is a, is a total asset to her. It's, I don't think it's hindering her. I think it makes her stand out. Um, she's decent on the mic and she's got a different in-ring style. So that's great, but I don't think she's that polished performer that they're looking for to be the one to, to dethrone the uh, to dethrone big-time backs. I don't think that's the person they're looking for, especially given that it's also heel-to-heel. Heel. You know, you, you want a babyface to be the one to take it off of Becky Lynch. That's, that's how I look at it. And, again, as we transition, I know I'm bouncing, but in the interest of time, you look at Charlotte on the other side. With SmackDown, what were your thoughts, given that you came from the 90s, you came from the Attitude Era, to see Lita back in the ring uh, with Charlotte Flair? I, I was going to ask you about that. No, I thought that that, I thought that that was cool, and I thought she came out pretty good. I mean, um, Charlotte really sold that move that Lita did terribly. I mean, bad. I don't know if Charlotte sold it <laughs> or she just hit it bad or hit yeah. it wrong, Lita, but um, she could be a little rusty. But um, that segment was cool, but it just shows you that Charlotte has no one to go against with Sasha out and with what they're doing over there. I mean, there's no one for her. And that's another reason why I think you need to make some sort of trade. Like you said, like you need to like, come out with some reason that you could bring people over. Cause I thought during the draft, when I saw it, I said, wow, like SmackDown's really thin. And then when you have Drew McIntyre injured and you have Sasha Banks injured, I mean, the star power just goes down and down and down to the point that you have Lita coming back to feud with Charlotte Flair. I mean, there, there's there's nothing for, for a lot of these people to do, including Roman, which is why they brought Seth back. Yeah, and, and I was, and, and if you listen to my shows, you probably know what I'm about to say. The fact that they have to bring in stars from 20 years ago to fill the Women's Royal Rumble to make sure they hit that number of 30 is pretty telling about where they are with the depth of the women's division as a company, not just on a single brand. I mean, you look at it, and it's almost 33% of the entire Women's Royal Rumble is and, and, and are currently stars of yesteryear, like Molly Holly and, and Lita and Trish Stratus, like all, all these women that are just obviously just kind of making a, a cameo appearance. And that to me speaks to WWE's continued need to build women, female stars. So, um, you know, yes, you're right. I mean, they're bringing back Lita because they don't have anybody right now for Charlotte to work with. That said, maybe they are working towards something a little bit more than what we think of, at, you know, beyond the Royal Rumble with Trish and, or I'm sorry, Lita and Charlotte. Perhaps they are going to work a WrestleMania match. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of physical shape if Lita's even able to. I don't personally want to see it because to me, Lita is fun in a, in a quick, you know, quick doses because she's not the future. She is 20 years ago and I respect her and she did a lot for the women's vision. She added credibility in a time that was over sexualizing the women. She actually added, you know, actually added that wrestling vibe to the, to the product rather than just a bra and panties match that we'd often see. Um, yeah, again, I was also 15 at the time. So in a 15 year old mind, I was like, ah, who cares? Right. But now looking back, I'm 36. So it's like, I respect it a whole lot more and seeing what Lita has done is, is awesome. But I don't want to see Lita and Charlotte in the main event of WrestleMania. Some people have talked about that too. I don't want to see it. It should be about building on the future, not building from, you know, from the past. 
So, um, but I think the women's division again on the, on the women's side for the SmackDown end is SmackDown specifically is not at a good spot right now. Sasha Banks is injured. You know, you, who else do you have? I mean, that's how you know that they are paper thin with the the depth. Is they're digging into the well of 20 years ago? Well, look, if the brands were not separate, you would actually would have some depth because you'd have, you know, obviously between the two, you have a not a lot certainly, but you have. You know, you'd have enough going on where there would be shows where you couldn't even get them all on, certainly. Um, the interesting thing about the Royal Rumble selections, which was done at the SmackDown that I went to when Charlotte came in the ring, was if those are the people that they're announcing, you know, they're announcing, uh, you know, the Bella Twins and this and whatever, there has to be a big surprise that they're not announcing. So, like, a surprise even bigger than that, because you wouldn't just announce all the surprises, right? You would... You would, you would be like, oh, wow, it's the Bella Twins. What a shock, you know. But if they're announcing people like them, and I know, Matt, you're not the biggest fan of them, um, but at the end of the day, there has to be someone big coming back, whether it's like a Paige, mm-hmm. um, Bailey, I don't know. But to me, like Paige would be the biggest, you know, the, would be huge. I mean, if she was ready to wrestle, I could see her. If she was really ready to wrestle and like 100% cleared, ready to go, hundred percent healthy i could see someone like Paige winning the whole thing and getting right back in the mix because she was i'm sure you you remember and i've seen a lot of clips she she was one of the most dynamic on the microphone you know her whole thing with aj lee was really engaging really interesting um there has to be others matt maybe you can think of them that that might come back that because who they announced makes me know that you know it, it's it has to be someone big, even bigger than the Bella Twins, which is, a, you know, to me, they were a big part of what they were doing, you know, 10 years ago or eight years ago. So I don't know who that surprise could be, but they have to have something up their sleeves or else they would not have announced it. Yeah, I don't know. And, and again, um, as you mentioned off these potential names, I think AJ Lee could be one. I, the thing is, obviously, with with CM Punk and AEW, I don't know how she'd feel about that. And maybe as a cameo, again, like kind of a one-off. I think there's there's gonna be a lot of one-offs for the Women's Royal Rumble, a lot of them. But I don't know if you're asking which one's gonna stick, not just for the Rumble for a quick pop, but rather longevity, maybe at least from a Rumble to Mania storyline. AJ Lee could be one. Um, you know, I. I if China were still alive, she, I think, would be a perfect fit as well. Obviously, we, she's no longer there. But, um, you know, that is a, a hell of a question and one that I, I think is maybe A.J. Lee. And I'm probably getting some people excited. I've heard nothing. I've heard nothing about A.J. Lee being a potential return. But I think but you she, know what? I, yeah, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I did hear CM Punk say in some interview that he's like April. That's, I guess, her real name. April's mm-hmm. never going to wrestle again. She's done, and she's also some executive at some other wrestling company. I forget what it is. It's not AEW, but she's she's doing something. She's writing books, mm-hmm. and honestly, like I've seen her recently. Like I looked up her Instagram because I was watching an old match of Paige versus her relatively recently with my daughter, and I was surprised like how she kind of looks. Like I'm not saying she, I, she was always to me really, really pretty, and and really. She she just looks older. She looks old now. Like, I don't know. I'm sure she would come back in and look fine. <laughs> but she looks like – she doesn't look like herself anymore. You know, I, I don't know. So I, I don't think it's going to be her at all. I think she's too – like, CM Punk hates um, WWE too much. 
I don't think he would ever let her come back. They're married, whatever. I think Paige is an absolute um, um, person that could come back. And she's under contract with them still. I think she's under contract with them until 2024. So she could be someone that comes back. Yeah, Paige, if you're going to put up those just two possibilities, I think Paige is absolutely one that is uh, much more possible. On the men's side, though, I think that looking at this um, is – I've heard about this forbidden door. I don't know if you've heard this story, the the, the quote-unquote forbidden door that's floating yeah. around. And basically what that means, for those that don't know or haven't heard, there's been rumors floating around that Creative and Vince are tossing around. They're, they're, they're thinking about the idea of opening this quote-unquote forbidden door. Now, what's a forbidden door? A forbidden door is typically somebody that has left the company and has maybe gone to another company after they were fired or they just asked for the release and they left, and they're now bringing somebody back that is currently employed by that other company meaning they could bring in somebody that's current with aew maybe for that one night and that's how i read that and um there there are lots of names floating out there of who that forbidden door person could be and we don't even know if this is going to happen but they're at least thinking about it and for me the the biggest possibility is chris jericho for a quick one night royal rumble entrance uh, people have thought about CM Punk and people would lose their minds with CM Punk. Um, I, I actually, honestly, I don't know if, no, nah, I, you know what? No, screw that. AJ, uh, CM Punk would not do that. You know, the reason even for one night he wouldn't do that is because the AEW crowd would immediately turn on him. I, I really believe that unless he's trying to turn heel in AEW, that that crowd would turn on him on a dime for going back on everything he talked about with WWE really the the whole reasoning for him going to AEW um, would completely be negated. And so I don't think it's going to be CM Punk, but Chris Jericho, I, I think it could be maybe MJF. I mean, hell, uh, just some thoughts. Did you have any ideas about well, this that, quote unquote forbidden door? The, the interesting thing is if you noticed, yes, I I've heard of the, the, the phrase. And if you noticed on Friday night with the whole Seth Rollins Roman thing on TV, was that they were showing clips of the shield oh, yeah. and they were putting Dean, Am- Dean Ambrose's face in it. They were putting <laughs> him in those videos on Fox. He was in there. I could see him coming back, maybe even to interfere in the Roman Seth match and, and, and being in the Royal rumble. I think he's a very realistic possibility if they're going to do some sort of forbidden door, quote unquote, because what, you know, WWE in the past has has blacked out his face or shown clips of only Seth and Roman, yeah. and you see someone else's arm in there, but it's, you know, why were they putting his face in it? Why were they doing so much about the Shield when they when they did the Roman Seth segment at the beginning and the end of SmackDown this week? You saw Dean Ambrose in all of those clips. The only reason I could see them doing that is if maybe they have something going on with that. I mean, what do you think? It's interesting, too. Yeah. I mean, I I thought about that and I just never consciously thought about bringing it to the show. It was one of those thoughts that just came and left my brain for some reason. I'm glad you you, you decided to to talk about it because, yeah, that I think that's a real possibility, especially considering that he just returned to pro wrestling after he entered his alcohol treatment program. It seems obviously he's doing better now that he's returning to wrestling. I'm reading an article now from comicbook.com and it says that it's been announced that he will defend his GCW World Championship against Homicide at uh, the GCW's World Pay-Per-View. So that's going to be on January 23rd. Obviously, that's six days before the Royal Rumble event. So now that he's physically able to return to pro wrestling and he's hopefully in a better better state mentally and physically, 
that definitely opens the door. And you, WWE does not like to show, like you said, stars that they have no interest in ever doing business with again. Um, they, they almost erase them from their memory banks. Even in promo videos like we saw on SmackDown, they do a, they, they, they do a very concerted effort to negate or, I guess, um, not include whoever they don't want the public to see. They do a very Correct. good job about that. And to just have them willy-nilly show Dean Ambrose's face for, I mean, almost every clip The Shield was shown in did speak volumes. And they didn't even have to bring up The Shield thing. You know, like, why no, even, why bring, even it bring it up? The like, people are over they, it. They're, they're on totally separate paths. The Shield thing was really unnecessary. So maybe you and I are looking into this too much, but why even do that? Like, it, it didn't help the storyline at all because it was so long ago. Uh, and it's been rehashed a million times, but they're so established and firm in their own personalities now. Not, neither need to hang on to this. So you're yeah so go you, back yeah go ahead go back and rewatch it um, when Seth knocks on the door Roman's dressing room or whatever he does the Shield theme song knock and then they on SmackDown the next week they flash the logo of the Shield and it, it, it's literally their logo they showed it and then they're showing all these clips of Dean Ambrose there's no I mean unless he can't do it or there's some sort of contract negotiations that stall I really think he's going to come back. And potentially this is going to become a, a like a thing. I, I don't know how. Matt, do you know what 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 league is this guy in? GCW. I thought he was in AEW. No, he, he's well. AEW does not. What's great about this and why this is such an appealing place to be is they don't lock you down that you can't ever work with any company ever, right? Like that's one of the biggest differences between WWE and AEW is they are much more open to you working with other organizations because their view is that, yeah, okay, you're contracted with us, but also if you go work here, these people are going to know, wait a minute, I just saw him in AEW and they're going to uh, realize, wait a minute, he's also in AEW. Let me let me go tune into AEW. It's kind of this great cross-promotion collaboration that they've decided to be open to, which to me is smarter business than just locking somebody down to lock them down in your own little bubble. So that's their view is it's much more collaborative. And with WWE, it's not, which is why this is a forbidden door that they've considering opened, considering to open is bringing in somebody that's not currently exclusively with them and bringing back again, potentially Dean Ambrose. So that's, that's the concept here. That's why. Well, I think we came up with something here potentially. And if, we, if, if we're right, we, we deserve a lot of credit here. A lot of credit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Um, one last thing I'll ask, uh, what do you think about edge and his uh, tag team with uh, his wife against the Miz and Maurice? I think it's cool, and I think that Beth Phoenix is going to end up pinning Miz somehow for the win. Not Maurice, Miz, because that promo, first of all, Miz, he is, to me, I, I see a lot of humor in WWE. I feel like like a lot of the audience at least want to hear the mailbag. And, and, and let me just say this before I go. The, you guys listening should all take a minute to call in to Matt's voicemail number or write into the mailbag because – you know, a lot of people are shy, I get it, but it really is. You can't say anything wrong. You can't go wrong. You know, even if you feel like you sound like an idiot, whatever, you know, you're not going to come across that way. Um, call in, and, and let's make Matt do a, a three-hour and 15-minute show rather than a two-hour and 14-minute show because, Matt, that show is really special that you have people interact. I mean, Crisis or Kanye Twitty was – I was legitimately – 
like crying tears out of my eyes, listening, listening to him say a fire. And, you know, he was, he was so funny. And, uh, you know, uh, DJ Kuzmo is great. Um, Mark is great in Memphis. Um, Justin is great. Um, Kyle's great. Um, there's others I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm leaving out, but just off the top of my head, um, really, really, um, tremendous job with that. But yeah, I, I think Miz is is really funny, and I see a lot of humor in the WWE, and I like that. I know a lot of people think, "Oh, it's stupid." Vince is trying to be funny. I think it's great. I think Miz is such a great actor. I think he is so such a jerk, such a um, pompous guy, and, and it, it, to me, it's absolutely hilarious. And just seeing that whole segment with him and Beth Phoenix on Raw where, you know, Beth was going to, you know, talking to him and, and talking all this stuff to him, whatever. Um, it was really interesting to see, and I think that's how that match ends, with with Beth pinning Miz. Now, I will say, well, first of all, thanks for the compliments about the mailbag. Guys, And I totally agree that you should call in and email us for the mailbag, but um, holy uh, holy cow, for lack of a better four-letter word, uh, it takes me like three and a half hours at night, even though the show is like two hours or two and a half hours. It, 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 like I have to span it multiple days now, uh, so I may end up starting to do part one, part two, just because it's such a laborious thing, and I'm not complaining. It, it's great, but I just FYI to everybody, I may end up splitting it because it's just to sit in one sitting to do it can be uh, a lot. But that said, uh, thank oh, you, Mr. For, and Mrs. Yeah. Casual, Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan too. I forgot. That. Yes, they're, yes, they're they are. They're awesome. Yeah. Love them. Um, but yeah. yeah so uh, what, what what was your topic? I had something I was gonna. What were you just talking about? It was on Miz being a yes, real jerk. Yes, yes. So the Miz, um, yeah, here's the thing with the match. This is the last thing I'll say, and we'll wrap things up. Uh, the Miz in, in his matchup when Beth Phoenix pinning the Miz, I could see that. Here's one hurdle to that, though, is that this is a mixed tag match, meaning the women are, are only able to compete with the women. The men are only able to compete with the men. That said, I could see WWE foregoing that, and, and even though it's a mixed tag match and those are the rules and we'll be told those are the rules, I could see a scenario in which they just go, eh, screw it. Uh, this is the this is the ending we want, and we'll have you know Beth Phoenix pin the Miz, and that's you know, whatever. I, that's fine. To me, this is looking at it through the lens of Edge because of Edge's comeback and being able to work with his wife, something he never thought he'd be able to do in a tag team match. And to check that off his bucket list, I think, is a really cool thing for him because it's not something I ever foresaw him doing in, in a tag team match with his wife. And he able, he's able to really write his own ending now. Something that has driven him to come back is is exactly this, these scenarios that come up. So to me, I'm looking at it. I'm happy for Edge because he continues to write his own story and write his own ending to his story, of which I don't think there's a whole lot of time left. I'd give it like a year in and out of, you know, every few months he comes in for a program, and that's where he's at in his career, and I respect that. So uh, any yeah, – uh, Yeah, go ahead. The guy's 48 years old and yeah. is in phenomenal shape, and to me, you know, he looks he looks like he could go another five years. You know, he's like the Tom Brady of WWE. You know, <laughs> he, he looks like he can continue going, but – who knows what he wants to do? But, yeah, 48 years old, it's impressive, and, and he's really uh, a very dynamic person and performer, and he's great. Maybe the best promo per, uh, on the roster right now. Maybe. You, you can make an argument that when he wants to be, um, he is one of the best uh, you know, on the roster currently active. Not not against Paul Heyman, but maybe in, in the active comp- uh, category. So, uh, Brad, thank you for joining us here. It has been a blast. Is there any uh, social media or anything you'd like to share if, if you do? 
Absolutely nothing, but uh, <laughs> no, this has been great, Matt. Thank you so much, man. And uh, if anyone wants to, to get on the Discord, say hello to me. I'm, I'm there. And, uh, you know, Matt, that Discord is great. I wish there were some more people that, that could join and will join. I'm sure they will, but um, tremendous job with the show and everything you're doing, really building a community here. So thanks a lot. Yeah, th- thanks so much, Brad, and uh, hope all is, is gets better on your end, and uh, I get some sleep on mine. So uh, Everything's great, bro. Thank you, <laughs> th- my man. Thanks, Brad. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time. They say watching too much TV can rot your brain. And these guys are living proof. Join longtime friends and semi-professional film guys Matt and Mark on the Matt and Mark Movie Show, a very not-safe-for-work podcast that dives into the latest movies at your local multiplex and on streaming. They also talk TV, pop culture, and whatever else is on their depraved minds. The Matt and Mark Movie Show is available on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe today and give them a follow on Instagram at the Matt and Mark Movie Show. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitaly Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitalyboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, It's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients, and it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitaly Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So... Check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitalyBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitaly Boost's health guide at VitalyBoost.com. Again, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitaly Boost's supplements All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, 
go to vitaliboost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's vitaliboost.com, V-I-T-A-L-I-Boost.com. 